Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Cause uptown funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Alright, dude, let's do this. All right, Hawk fan, we are back. The weekly Softy Hawk Blogger podcast for those out there that have really nothing to do uh, on their afternoon lunch hour. Uh, this will give you a chance to maybe get away and, uh, and talk some Seahawks football. And, Brian, I was just on with a radio station in Arizona uh, talking about this matchup with the Cardinals on Sunday. And for some reason, the guy asked me if I was sober. And, and I said, no, I have not been sober one day of my life since that last <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, in their stadium in 2015, February of 2015. But I don't know, man, after the way that game against the Saints went last week, I think all of us could have used a drink. That was just the kind of total, complete meltdown, really, on uh, on every single facet of the football team last week. How about we start off with some thoughts on uh, what you saw and what I saw last Sunday against the Saints? Yeah, it was it was as aggravating of a loss as the Seahawks have had in, in the Pete Carroll era, and they've had plenty. And and uh, it, what was really crazy to me is how divisive it was among Seahawks fans. I mean, people were fighting like cats and dogs about who to blame for. There's people that are like, this is – the coaches lost this game. This is why Pete Carroll's, you know, terrible for this team. There were people that were like, no, the players lost this game. They made stupid plays. And I don't know. It was just what I saw was a total, complete meltdown from pretty much every facet. Russell played a really good game, but even he missed a couple of plays that he, like that fourth down touchdown should have been a pretty straightforward play. He missed it. So, like, everybody did not do their absolute best in that game. We got 16 missed tackles. You've got a crappy punt from Michael Dixon you've got Chris Carson fumbling again you've got you know uh, Al Woods not knowing how to line up on a field goal I mean these are ridiculous mistakes that cost you 21 points just just those mistakes and if they don't make one of those or if they make one of those tackles on Kamara and keep him out of the end zone and letting instead of letting him run around Right. They probably still win that game. And so it's just, it's super aggravating. And, uh, you know, it's going to cost them. They're going to really wish they had that game back. Well, I'll tell you what, you look at the last three games, and I, I don't think anybody would have turned down two and one. I think we would have been okay with two and one. It's the way you yep. lost that game, number one, that, as you said, bothers you. And then number two, if you want to lose a game, it's not the Saint game. It was the Pittsburgh game because that's a out-of-conference game. Winning the conference games are obviously gigantic. So that frust- uh, uh, frustrates me. I will say this, though, and uh, this is not a criticism of you at all because a lot of other people do this, and maybe you're right, maybe I'm wrong, Brian. But for those that say, well, if this play would have gone that way or that play would have gone that way, look at the final score. They lost by six. They would have won. That's assuming everything else would have gone exactly the way the game went anyway, like after Carson's fumble or after not going for two or after not calling timeout at the end of the first half. We're assuming everything else goes exactly the same way like it did. And I can't I can't say that because, look, if, the, if that game's closer in the fourth quarter or the third quarter than it really was, maybe the Saints are dialing up a different offense. Maybe they're dialing up a different defense if the game is in a different type of situation. So I totally get it. And I think that's the thing that bugs me is that 
you didn't get beat by Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, all all week long, I was asked by you know Dick Fain, my partner, what are you more nervous about, the UW BYU game or the Seahawks State game? And I said Seahawks, or excuse me, UW BYU for sure. Number one, they're on the road, and number two, the Seahawks are playing a backup damn quarterback for God's sakes. So let's not make this complicated. They are facing a backup, and they did not get beat by Teddy Bridgewater. They did not lose because of Teddy Bridgewater. They lost because of special teams. They lost because of Chris Carson fumbling. They lost because their defense could not tackle Alvin Kamara, which was frustrating all damn day long. Normally guys that are, you know, sure-handed tacklers like Michael Kendricks could not tackle Alvin Kamara. And I was frustrated too, Brian, by the way, with what Pete Carroll said after the game about Kamara, that they didn't really know who he was. was like, what are you talking about? The guy's been in the NFL for, you know, 30-plus games. He was a star last year. He was a star two years ago. What do you mean you don't know who this guy was? I get never having played him before. I certainly understand that aspect, and I'm okay with that. But don't tell me that you didn't know who the guy was when he was already a star before the year even began. No, that he had a, a very cringeworthy day overall. I mean, as good of a day as he had in Pittsburgh, where you could argue his coaching decisions really led to winning that game. Yep. There were definitely a, a bunch of things he did in this game that were costly to the team. And in his post-game comments, he said a lot of stupid stuff. And the stuff he said that he wished he could do over again were the things he actually had done the right way. So, you know, it was not a great day for Pete Carroll, for sure. And I was not saying or meaning to imply that, you know, hey, if, if one play happened different. But, yeah. look, you know, if, if, if the – these are really simple things. If Michael Dixon doesn't kick the worst punt of his career, I mean, that was just a horrible punt. Oh. Um, and if Al Woods oh. lines up correctly and we get a missed field goal there, that's 14 points. I mean, that's, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, Look, or, or the Chris Carson thing, like, you know, the game was 7-7 at that point, if I'm not wrong. And, and, Correct. and then all of a sudden, it, and he just ran 21 yards. You got to, like, you, you're on to something. Like, these are massive plays. And it felt like the Seahawks, we're used to the Seahawks playing like idiots, playing it closer than it should, and then they pull it out at the end. And they yeah. just dug such a massive hole this time, they couldn't do it. Well, and look, I, I get it. They it, it just made it more difficult for themselves, for sure. And I think you're right, because we just got done talking about Bridgewater and the offense. I mean, I thought overall the defense was pretty damn good in that game, outside of some yeah. tackling issues, for sure. I mean, halftime, the Saints have, what, 105 yards of offense or 115 yards of offense. I saw where Bridgewater averaged about two yards of airtime uh, during each throw. He averaged about six and a half yards attempt. So Teddy Bridgewater was what we thought he was going to be. Not a very good quarterback, yep. not very dynamic. Yep. And the Seahawks allowed them to be in that football game with those mistakes. So, I mean, look, uh, I'm, I'm actually not as concerned moving forward because I think all those things are fixable, right? The coaching decisions are fixable. Lining up properly on a field goal is fixable. Not fumbling the football is fixable. Having a punter give you a better boot to put yourself in better position to field a kick is fixable. I did not think the Seahawks were beaten on Sunday because the Saints were more talented than they were. I did not think they were beaten because they were out-hustled, out-physicaled. I just thought they had a bad day brain-wise, right? Brain fart-wise, it was a horrible day for them. So I'm not as concerned moving forward. I'm more pissed about the loss on Sunday because they gave it away, but I'm still actually pretty okay moving forward now with this football team, especially when you consider, Brian, that, hey, you get Jaron Reed back in three, uh, three games. 
Uh, you know, hopefully Penny's going to be on the mend and be a part of this offense starting on Sunday. And I actually applaud Pete Carroll for sticking with Chris Carson, right? Because he's not stupid. He knows Chris Carson is the best running back they have on the football team. And if he jumped off his wagon, then Carson may fall apart mentally. So that, that, that only goes so far. Clearly, if he starts fumbling again this weekend against Arizona, then you got to look at the time, the score, how impactful were those fumbles. But I actually believe that Pete Carroll's doing the right thing for now by sticking with Chris Carson. I agree with you on that. Uh, well, let me say this. I, I, I understand why he's doing it and I can support it. I also would have been supportive if, if Rashad Penny was healthy and he was like, you know what? We're going to give Penny a chance at the, the top spot. Carson, we're still believing him. He's going he's gonna to still split reps but we're going to help him regain his confidence. I would have supported that too. So like, I don't think he had to, if he had benched him, that would have been the wrong thing, but you know, I wouldn't be against Rashad Penny getting more reps uh, as part of it, but, but back to your original point. I mean, yeah, look softy is if, if I had told you before the game that Russell was going to throw for 400 yards, not be sacked a single time, be hit, hit twice. uh, And, you know, Bobby Wagner is going to have 18 tackles, you know, I think you would have probably felt pretty good and that the Saints would have 265 yards of offense. I think yep. you would have felt pretty good. Really good. And, and really so good. totally. It, it's just, it's, it's just a shame. It's, it's a really bitter pill to swallow. We've had to swallow them before and you got to move on and look this week in Arizona, this is a, this is a, we're going to know a lot more about this team over the next seven days. They have two games in the next seven days against NSC West opponents. And, you know, uh, they've got to win this game in Arizona. And ideally, they got to win this pretty convincingly. Mm. And then, you know, they got the the Rams coming to to Seattle not soon after that. So uh, this is a chance to really forget that Saints game. If they can win both of these games, I think, you know, the Saints game will be in the rearview mirror. Well, there's concerns about the game Sunday for sure. I mean, I, I'm not as yep. freaked out about Kyler Murray as I am other areas of the Cardinal football team. I mean, Chandler Jones he has already got three sacks in the first three games of the year. And if I'm the Cardinals, I'm, I'm going right after a Fetty with Chandler Jones on every passing play, right after his ass yeah. until, he, until he shows he can stop him. So that's a, that's a concern. How much help does Jermaine Fetty need in this game on Sunday against Chandler Jones is certainly one of them. And I think, I mean, look, DK Metcalf is kind of showing what he is so far. He's a deep threat target, and that's really it. I mean, guy's got 19 targets and nine catches, for God's sakes, because the percentages aren't as, aren't as high when you're going downfield. What is he averaging? About 24 yards a catch, for crying out loud, in the first three games of the year. So I'd like to see him get maybe a little more versatile starting with this game on Sunday. But I also think, you know, the – if there are concerns about Kyler Murray, it's like 35, third and six passing downs. Don't let that pocket break down and let that little midget take off. I mean, this guy makes Russell Wilson look like Bill Walton, for God's sakes. He is little. He is a really, <laughs> yeah. really small guy. I mean, I've, I've watched him play on tape and on TV, and he just he looks like a little kid out there, like he's wearing a Halloween costume. Brian, it's, 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 it's crazy how small this kid is. So when you lose track of a guy like that behind the offensive line, and you let him get the edge. There's all this talk about Ansa and Clowney coming off the edges, pass rushers. I'm more concerned about those guys as run defenders in this game on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's it's Murray is is legit. I mean, he is a dynamic athlete. He's got a good arm. I think his accuracy is pretty good. He's a he's a gamer, and so I think he's going to be good for a long time. I do think he's dangerous. They're an zero and two team, you know, with the tie. They're coming back home. Yep. I think we're going to get as good of a, a swing as 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 they can give. I don't think they're a very good team. Yeah. And look, the Seahawks, the Seahawks have to take whatever they give and and dole out twice as much. I mean, they just there's no excuses. I, honestly, before the Saints game, I was pretty sure they were going to win a close one at the Saints and they were going to lose this game in Arizona because that's the <laughs> kind of game the Seahawks drop on the road. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like they got to win it now, and, and and I'm hopeful that they will. No, I think they will. I think they will win it. And I think you'll see what you always see in Arizona, which is a boatload of Seahawks fans that traveled down there for that game. And I just mentioned, I was talking to, you know, some buddies of mine in Arizona. And if I were them, that would piss me off, man. I mean, all those Seahawks fans that show up down there, it's like the Blue Jays come to T-Mobile Park to face the Mariners. I mean, there's a boatload of Blue Jay fans. It drives me freaking crazy. If I'm a Cardinal fan and I look up and I see all those Seahawks fans in the upper deck, that would absolutely drive me nuts. So, We'll see uh, this Sunday, but I'm with you. This is uh, this is a must-win, man, coming off that loss to the Saints on Sunday. So let's get a win Sunday and do this next week. All right, pal? All right, sounds good, Safi. Thank you, and uh, thanks for folks for tuning in. If you haven't already, join up over at uh, patreon.com slash hawkblogger and uh, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify. Uh, great stuff coming, and uh, thank you, Safi. Have a good one. All right, buddy. We'll see you guys, and Hawk fans, good stuff.